time for the SBL shoot around, and we got the women's competition covered with Giants all-time great and two-time coach of the year, Randy McGill, joining Chris Pike for all the latest news, analysis, and interviews. Let's go on another SBL shoot around. Hello and welcome to another episode of SBL Shootaround. Getting ever so close now to some real basketball action, but into our seventh show now, Randy, and we've got two huge guests, a man from the past and a man from your past. So we did promise when we started doing this show that we wanted to delve into into your history as a player and a coach in, in the SBL, and we've got a very special guest that couldn't fit that bill more perfectly, and we've also got a current coach who is coaching in the SBL. He's now preparing his team to play in the West Coast Classic. We've got plenty more news to talk about in terms of the West Coast Classic. Classic, WNBL, the Godfields Giants, and, and plenty more. So that's enough from me for an intro. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host, the man that you've all tuned in to listen to, the Goldfields Giants captain from their 20th anniversary team, the two-time SBL Coach of the Year, Randy Meagle. Thanks for joining me once again. Thanks very much, Chris. And uh, yeah, it's good to get back here and talk basketball again. And yeah, I'm looking forward to having a chat to Doc. I haven't spoken to him mm. for a number of years, possibly, you know, 10 years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be good. I'd, I'd, I'd give him a call on the weekend and said, Doc, we want you on, on the show. And <laughs> yep. he's, you know, he's, he's happy to come on board. Yeah, fantastic for SBL Shooter Round to welcome Doc Earl onto our show. 273 games he played at the Gold Hills Giants. And a lot of those were either with you as his point guard or then a couple of seasons with you as his coach. What are you looking for? forward to having a chat to him about oh just bringing up some you know probably old memories of you know particularly his his dunks Mm -hmm. just outstanding you know when doc doctor used to dunk it he'd have his tongue hanging out um <laughs> you know and and just sort of finding out where he's at you know as far as his work and how his family's going and and uh, that type of stuff yeah really really looking forward to that is that something that makes a show like this enjoyable for you because i guess unless we're doing it through through the show and getting people like that on board you might never get the chance to catch up with some of these people who had a big part of your basketball career yeah that's true and also learning a lot too you yeah. know um the interviews we've had previous to doc you know i'm learning about the women's SBL which mm-hmm. you know is is really good and yeah and to get on air with with Doc you know there's probably some stuff that we'll talk about that you know I don't know about him as well sure. so now Craig Allen is our other guest as well on this week's SBL shoot around current coach of the Perth Redbacks he's done a done a long apprenticeship at, at Williton to earn this chance as a, as a as a head coach you didn't get the chance to coach against him directly but you would have looked down to that Williton bench plenty of times and, and saw his face alongside Simon Parker do you know much about Craig and what are you looking forward to learning about him yeah, I do know a little bit about Craig. I mean, I stop and have a chat to him a few times when we run into each other and talk about basketball. And I thought he'd done a great job last year with the yeah. Redbacks in his first season. And like you say, he was, you know, with the Willerton Tigers for a long period of time, whether it was, you know, under Simon or he had his own sort of team. And I've obviously seen him at uh, the under 20 levels yeah. coaching WA, um, you know, through some of our girls and my daughter played under Craig as well. So, yeah, very, very good chap. Yeah, looking forward to speaking to him as well. Now, we wouldn't be here, Randy, if it wasn't thanks to Bassett Scarf Realty. And, and given everything that we're going through right now and we're starting to come through the other side of it, there might be no better time to get involved in in the in the real estate game, whether you're looking to, to buy or, or, or move house. And if you're looking into the Mandurah region, no one better than Bassett Scarf Realty. Yeah, so no better time at all than to speak to your local ex- experts. So get in touch with Bassett Scarf Realty at bassettscarfrealty.com.au and they'll take care of whatever you need 
need taken care of. So get in touch with them and thank thank you ever so much to them for supporting us here on SBL Shoot Around. Now let's keep moving, Randy. We're going to speak to one of your old Giants teammates later in the show, Doc Earl. But on our last last men's episode of SBL Shoot Around, I caught up with with another one of your teammates, Wayne Creek. Now I asked him about you, and he, he might or might not have thrown you under the bus a little bit, but maybe that's because he wasn't enjoying life maybe as much as, as you were back at that time. Now he, he pointed to a time where you were at at a night spot and you might have found yourself outside and you might have found yourself a little bit disheveled and in a little bit of a little bit of a fisticuff with one of the local patrons. Now do you remember that episode or was there so many of those episodes where you're not sure which one he was talking about? Yeah, Creaky's such a nerd. <laughs> but it wasn't a local patron, I don't think. I think it actually might have been a um, a supporter of the Coburn Basketball Association, okay. which okay. we had a fairly uh, strong rivalry yeah. with them in the you know 94, 95, 96. I think we played each other just about every year in the in the finals. And um, yeah, I think he was just a bit lippy and <laughs> had a little bit too much to drink. Yep. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe it went on from there. I I, I can't actually recall call it all of yep. it, but um, yeah. That, that's what it was. Well, Cricky did say that you certainly came out on top and you could handle yourself well. So at least he, at least he had that in your favour. <laughs> <laughs> left, right, good night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you still got the quick hands, or that, has that left you left you behind? Um, yeah, I have a bit of a shadow box with, with chat every now and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, he's got me covered for length and height. But yeah, I've got to get in there and be quick and, <laughs> and then run. <laughs> uh, I guess as a as a response to that, sometime in the future you can you can take his job. That might be payback payback for him. Yeah, well, there's no that Creaky's doing a good job down or down there up there, and uh, I wish him I wish him all the best. And I'll have to sort of try and think of a few Creaky um, stories and throw him under the yeah. bus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now you've got some notice now, so we can come back this time next <laughs> week, and, and you can you can see what you can come up with. Yeah. Um, now another th- I wanted to touch touch base with you, but I wanted to talk to you about a little bit of, about your coaching philosophy and and your thoughts as a, as a coach. Firstly, as a point guard, do you feel like that's the natural position as a point guard? Do you almost already feel like you're somewhat of an assistant coach when, you, when you're playing and was it later in your career where you were still playing that you actually thought about getting into coaching? Yeah, I suppose everything goes through the point guard, you know, um, as far as running offences and defensive sets and being vocal and, you know, getting into huddles and stuff like that. So, which, you know, I sort of was heavily involved in, pride, prided myself on and running the team. So, you know, there's different philosophies, you know, offence and, and defence, I suppose. But, you know, my, my biggest thing, I think, is fitness is key. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you've got to have a fit, fit yeah. squad to work with when you're coaching and you've got to get them a fit, yep. you know. So you always sort of say, you know, you can look the opposition teammate in the eye and mm. say you haven't done as much work as what I have, yep. you know. So I always sort of said that to the girls, never be afraid of repetition. Um, you know, tr- some trainings can get quite boring. You're going through the same stuff, you know, running different offences and shooting from different spots. But, you know, that's where you're going to receive the ball. Yep. You know, you don't know everything. So, you know, ask people, players, other coaches, trainers you play is always a good mm. one you know what I mean yeah um if you train well on a Thursday night, you feel good about yourself and take it into the game on the weekend. And uh, goal setting, you know, always set goals. We always had about eight KPIs that we measured our performance on. So that's just a couple of different philosophies yeah, yeah. that I work, work through. 
the fitness one, Craig Mansfield mentioned that when he was in here on the show that he always knew that your teams would be would be fit and he always knew that the preseason work that you'd put into your your girls would make them make them fit. I mean, how much does it help that you you can have the faith that I mean, I, I remember your teams were great at come comebacks. I mean, fourth quarter comebacks, probably because of that fitness you were almost be it almost became one of your your specialties. Um how, how good was it as a coach to know that you could bank on your team being as fit, if not fitter than the opposition, because you know that they'd put the work in. Yeah, or the, yeah, they did put the work in. You know, and we pushed them really, really hard and uh, worked on their weaknesses. You know, through cardio and strength and and that, and you know, made them feel good about themselves. And mm. you know, we had the 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 confidence in them. Yeah. Would you describe yourself as having a particular game style as a coach that you like your team to play, or do you try to just play to the strength of the players that you have, or how do you, how do you how do you try to get your teams to play? Is, is it a set philosophy that you try to get your players to fit to, or do you try to set how you play? to the players that, that you yeah good question um, I always like to have only three scorers on the court yep. or three you know, people that uh, I consider as strong scorers sure. and then two other people that maybe are playing a role mm. uh, whether it be you know, a defensive stopper or a rebounder or setting picks or whatever it might be so I always like to keep the balance of the court I mean some people like to have five people that mm. can score I mean the two people that I, I'm saying can't they, they still can score. if they need to yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. right yeah. so I like to keep that balance I think having a good point guard is essential mm. um, always like to have that on my team and defensive pressure mm. I mean pressure bus pipes mm-hmm. you know so you can imagine what it does to humans sure <laughs> so um, defensive pressure creates offensive looks yeah yeah now you've spent plenty of time coaching men and then obviously the five years coaching women at the Mandurah Magic what stands out that's different between coaching men and women and what what do you have to do differently as a coach I guess to get the best out of out of each of them yeah, it's, it's a hard one, this one. Obviously, the first one is the athleticism that people speak about. The guys can just create their own shots. Um, girls, I think, um, need to be a little bit more structured in both offense and defense. Mm. And probably can't create as many shots for them. I mean, there are exceptions, of yeah, course. Yeah. You know, I think the, the women like the work poured into them. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't, I don't think you can treat them as shrinking violets or any mm. different. I think they strive on, you know, a, a heavy workload or a, a workload. Uh, I think women are better organised mm-hmm. yeah. on and off the court. Yeah, very tough to argue. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and also I've, I suppose, I've, you know, I'm just going to say that they're probably a little closer as teammates. Okay. They tend to, yeah. tend to be involved a little bit more. Um, that's the only thing I can really say. I mean, it, it is a hard question. I mean, mm. other people would see it different, but that's sure. sort of what I've noticed. Yeah, one last thing about coaching I wanted to get your thoughts on. When you're a head coach, what's the balance like between the actual time you can spend coaching them and, I guess, going through how you want them to play on the court, but also be, being a player manager and you know making sure everyone's happy, finding out where everyone is, and getting people in the right mindset, making sure I guess making sure they're turning up training, making sure they know what they're doing. What's the what's what's the balance like between the actual coaching you can do and I guess managing managing them as players? Yeah, what's well, you know it's like in the EPL they call them managers. Yeah, you know. So I think the first thing you need to do is set the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have uh, the rules were called the dirty dozen. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that basically was set right from the start. Mm. Um, you need to be honest with the girls. You need to try and treat them as equally as you possibly can, even though you don't necessarily do that. You know, yep. you've got um, needs for different players. So that's probably what I, I find. I mean, uh, player management. You need to have good good 
the personal skills to to deal with different situations and how you speak to them and you know I think you know every player deserves to be respected whatever their skill level is and yeah like I said you just need to be honest in in their performance or what you want from them and and that type of stuff yeah no thanks for that I really really enjoyed hearing your thoughts on I guess your coaching philosophies and 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 your rules that you like to live by and how you like to coach so Hopefully some people got, got something something out of that. One last thing before we get to our first guest and speak to Doc Earl, some WNBL news, and this is the news that we've been, been hoping to hear for a while. Nashaya Williams has signed at the Perth Lynx. We both have talked extensively about how, how great of a talent we think she is, and it's great that she's staying staying at home. And, and right now in that team, there's no reason why she shouldn't be the starting starting three, and there's no reason why she shouldn't have a terrific season. It's, it's really good news that, that she has signed. Yeah, I think it's good for her and it's good for the Lynx. I mean, she stays at home, which is important for her, I think. And, uh, you know, Ryan will use her in a different way than Andy probably would have. So I just look forward to seeing her improve. You know, she's got so much um, improvement in her. Um, So, yeah, it's exciting signing and obviously another local. So good. Yeah, it's fantastic. We can ask Craig Allen about about her as well. Obviously, he would have been disappointed that she had left the Redbacks for this season, but he did coach her last year and he he would have plenty of of good insight into, into her as well. So we can talk to him about that later on but before we get to all of that after this first break we're going to speak to doc earl and can't wait to to speak to the doctor yeah no it's it's going to be great i mean doc's a um he's very quiet um very humble and sort of in my opinion he's actually quite underrated in the league and his name sort of not mentioned as much as i think it probably should let's say yeah looking forward to it Okay, Randy, we're back here on SBL Shoot Around, and this is a, a great treat. What we said when we started this show with you that we would delve back into your playing days at times, and especially your time in in Kalgoorlie because you had such a great, a great almost ten years up there. And and who better for us to talk to than than this man? He's a he's a he's an all time great of the SBL. He arrived in Kalgoorlie to join the the Goldfields Giants in 1990, and he's he's still there now. He's created himself a hell of a legacy. It's great for him to join us on the show. Doc, how do we find you this evening? Yeah, it's pretty good. Cold, but good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does get cold there. I've noticed when I've been up in Kalgoorlie a couple of times, those training nights are, are very cold, but there must be something about Kalgoorlie that you liked because you you arrived here 20 years ago or 30 years ago now, and you've yeah, never yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, my wife was born and bred here, so mm-hmm. it kept me here, and the people around here, you know, they grew on you, and they looked up to me all, all these years. Do you call it home now? Is Kalgoorlie where you would, where you would call yourself a local from? Um, yeah, I think I'm local. Yeah, or went mm. local. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think uh, it's sort of about 10 years before you become a local doc, so you're well and truly a local up there, mate. Um, I think the the excitement that you've you've brought to the club over your your playing years and the fact that you're still living in Kalgoorlie and the first import sign is a great testament to you, mate, and to the Gulf Wheels Giants family. Mm. Yes, I, like I said, I enjoyed my time here, and all three of my kids have been born and bred here. So, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna throw a couple of questions at you, Doctor. Um, we're just talking about the uh, the the winter and stuff like that. When you first arrived in Kalgoorlie, you probably left <laughs> your home base in the middle of winter and arrived in a probably a forty degree Kalgoorlie day. How did you find the difference between the the weather there with the heating cow? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, well, I always call it, it was the opposite of cool running. <laughs> yeah, because I got off the plane and yeah, I came from the snow up in Oregon and got off the plane and it was I think forty degrees in Perth and forty three when I got to Kalgoorlie. 
<laughs> did, now, you, did you? Sorry, Chris, there you go. Did, did you have um, Doc before you played your first game, which was the inaugural season, which actually had three other imports in Wayne Simmons, Jerry Everett, and John Culbertson? Did you actually get a couple of weeks pre-season in before your first game, or did you basically um, just hit the court running? Yeah, I think I did, but that was that actually was the second year. Ah, second year. Yeah, that's the second year. The first year was Snoopy. Oh, of course. Obviously, went on to become an NBA player. I mean, it was a he was a hell of a teammate. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it was it was funny because um, when he had um, hurt my um, ankle in on the Tuesday night training, yep. and uh, I couldn't walk because <laughs> I had pulled ligaments, torn ligaments, and stretched ligaments in my ankle. And then <laughs> Friday night, he got a call from the agent and said he had a tryout for the for the Denver Nuggets, and that would be his last game. Mm. <laughs> so I had to go and strap up my ankle and I think I had two ankle braces and strapped those up and went out there and played with him and that's when he scored his 82 points yeah. <laughs> that was his uh, farewell present yeah I told him if you stay in the game because he used to foul out at halftime <laughs> <laughs> And you, Randy just mentioned Wayne Simmons. He went on to have, he's had a hell of a life, obviously, since then. He's done music, music. he's done a lot of work with the community, and, and he did what he did with basketball. What was Wayne like to have as a teammate for that, that season? Oh, yeah, Wayne was, Wayne was pretty good. Like I say, he was, he was a talented individual on and off the court. Yes, but uh, it, it wasn't until I got a chance to go to his house that was in Perth that I found out that I was running down the wrong lane because he couldn't see me. So he had some um, those Clark Kent um, glasses on the table, and I looked at them and said, Okay, (laughs) that's why you wouldn't pass me the ball. I thought, I got to get another thing. Tracing back, when you finished up your college career at Oregon, did you have any other options to play professional basketball, and what made you end up choosing Kalgoorlie? Well, I, I did have an option at in um, CBA level where I went over and had a tryout. But on the first day, I um I ended up um, <laughs> hyperextending my big toe and couldn't mm-hmm. walk for about two and a half months. <laughs> wow, Jesus! And that was on the first day, so I just went back and helped my coach out, you know, with with the team and stuff for the next year. And then the opportunity arrived to say that um, they was going to have a men's and a women's team. So we both had to go out and do a tryout, and they was happy with both of us. But then the um, girls' team folded it before it got started. Mm. So that's how I got out. What did you think when you first got here? When you first arrived, could have you ever imagined that you would be here still 30 no, years later? No, not at all. When I, yeah, when I first, I think the first two and a half weeks, I couldn't stand the place. I was ready to go home. I <laughs> uh, said, so, yeah, I was calling home. I'm like, this isn't the end of the world, but I can see it from here. <laughs> and, you know, I was, and then, you know, driving on the wrong side of the streets and mm-hmm. then getting the, um, trying to get the lingo down. That was one of the yeah. biggest things. I was, they said, oh, you just got to go and get your checkup at the um, ANZ bank. And I picked up, uh, I think, I think I went about 10 minutes looking, walking up and down Hannah Street looking for ANZ bank. They, they forgot I was American. Yep. We don't say Z, we say Z. Yep, so I'm yep. looking for ANZD bank. <laughs> yeah, we, we might technically sp- speak English, but it's almost a completely different language at times, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. When did you when did you start to feel home? Was it was it when you met Carrie, who would go on to become your wife, or when was it you started to to feel comfortable? Yeah, because she's yeah she's came over after the after my second season to, to the states and yeah. come back and we was, we use a lot of a lot of money on phone calls back mm-hmm. and forth, 
and then finally came across. And yes, I think after the probably after the fourth year, yeah, it started becoming pretty much apparent. Now you ended up spending your whole your whole career at the Giants. Was there ever a time where some of the Perth clubs made a serious offer to you? Did you ever come close to making the move down to Perth? Oh uh, yeah, I, I came close a couple times. <laughs> almost actually, the biggest one was um almost went to went to the Slammers in Bunbury. Oh wow, yeah. yeah so you would have played. With, would you played with James Fitch at that time? That would have been. You would have been yeah. a hell hell of a duo. Yeah, because yeah, me and him, we was, you know we good mates, and yeah. and at the time, um, my mother in law was living in Eton. Mm-hmm. So after the off season stuff, we was always up that way and stuff and catching up. So yeah, that was that was almost something, but. At that time, I couldn't find a decent job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. What year was that, Doctor? Uh, I don't know. I think it was. I think it was. It was the early nineties, though. Oh, so we might have come up against each other. That would have been. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hey, how did you? Um, how did you find in the in the early nineties, just playing in front of those packed houses? You know, with the fifteen hundred sort of crazed fans in the nineties who sort of hadn't seen that level of basketball um, up there. Your memories there. Oh uh, yeah, as far as the crowd and stuff, a, a lot of a lot of the parents and stuff that came up to me after the game and said they they didn't know if they you know should make a lot of noise or not. And I, I tell them I say, well, back in college we should have you know grannies that's seventy years old you know knocking things together and <laughs> and saying BS <laughs> when it's a bad call and stuff like that. So I say, yeah, you can make as much noise as you want. <laughs> yeah, so I think that was the difference, just you know, just coming across and then teaching them you know, what they can affect and what they can do. You were part of some pretty good teams, but you couldn't quite win that championship. But obviously you would have watched on with great pride by, when by 2007 and 2008 they did win win the titles. Was there one season when you played where you, you felt like it was a, a perhaps a, a real missed opportunity? Oh, yeah. It was that the second and last year, I think it was. Yep. When we hit me and Mike Elliott stuff. Mm. When we went to the finals when we were playing against Bunbury. There's a, there's a couple of lost opportunities where, you know, <laughs> we didn't get the we didn't get the right calls and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, you know, it, it you know, it's like I said, don't take anything away from the Slammers win. Yep. But there's a you know, a few things where we, you know, shot three point shots and got two points and things mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> Uh, was it a half court yeah, shot you you lost? Uh, was it against the Bucks where you lost with a, a half court shot in the in game three? That was the Slammers. That was, that game. That was the Slammers. Yeah, yeah. We, we, Randy's talked about that as well. So it's obviously some something that I guess none none of you Giants players will, will ever forget in a hurry. No, not at all. Not at all. Because we was, I think we was going to go from that game right there. We was going to go all the way through, but yeah, yeah it didn't happen that way. Were you still happy for the club when you saw them win those back-to-back titles in 2007, 2008? You were still obviously in town and, and still... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah I, was, I was listening to it on the radio and it was, you know, just like being there, which was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah, talking to the guys because I still get involved with them a, a bit and, um, you know, still give them some pointers and what they're doing and what they're doing wrong and things like that. But like I say, I don't try to, I never try to overstep my mark as far as who's coaching. I always ask them, I say, if you want my input, Ask me, I'll let you know, and I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to tell you straight up, <laughs> and a few of them, you know, did ask, and I let them know. Yeah. <laughs> now you had Ra- you had Randy as both a teammate and as your coach for 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 a couple of seasons as, as well. What springs to mind when you when you think of Randy? Oh uh, yeah, he, when Randy was playing, because I told him when we had our little, I think our 50 year 20 year anniversary. The 20 year anniversary is that the one? Yeah, that's it. The 20 yep. year anniversary. Yep. Yeah, so when we when we hear that, I tell him that he was one of the, you know one of the best point guards that we had because he 
he was he was smart. He, you know, mm-hmm. he outfocused um, his opponents and stuff like that, which a lot of guys nowadays don't do. They don't think the game. They just play off their skill. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, we um, had a nice little connection there, didn't we, with a, with a few alley-oops. Yeah, be dis- yeah, disappointing. Yeah, yeah, one still come to mind when I was in um, playing, when we was playing against the Perth Redback. Yep. And I was talking to one of the, um, a couple of the, um, people that was in one of the boxes over there, and I just turned around <laughs> to him and I said, hey, watch this. You know, you my little, <laughs> my little whistle and you threw it up there and I slammed it home for him. <laughs> and so, yeah, this, you know, the connection was good because yep. just to um, – I guess with you, it, it brought me back to my junior college because I had a um, point guard that was the same that would just throw the ball and know he knew I was going to go retrieve it for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For anyone who didn't see you play, Doc, how would you describe yourself as a player? Because just by looking at your career numbers, the fact that you averaged across 273 games, 14 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks, you look like a player who just would do do everything. You could do do everything and do everything well and I guess in turn make your team better because you could do so many different things. How would you describe yourself as a, as a player? Yeah, I, just, I was always a... A team player that tried to bring everybody into the game. So I always said I was, you know, I was the first point forward mm-hmm. <laughs> that's going out. And yeah, and also, you know, try to bring some excitement and stuff too. So you get the crowds and stuff to stay. So they want to see things that they hadn't seen in person and stuff too. So that was always one of my things that was that I wanted to do. And yeah, just, just being an all around player. Mm. And then later in the career, of course, I'm just, you know, more defense minded <laughs> and shutting down other players. Yeah, well, you are the all-time leader in steals, Doc. I've just um, went through and had a look at some stats and stuff. Can you recall a 51-point game you had against Willerton? And also yeah. in that same game, you had 17 steals. Wow. Which is a <laughs> yeah. league record. And, and I've been told that you also had 13 dunks in that game as well. Yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah, and that was a funny one too because I think they had, at that time too, they had five imports, <laughs> you know, for the Americans. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> None of them probably wanted to bring the ball up against you. They were too worried about yeah. kickback and yeah. stalled. And I always laughed at John Kingsbury because they gave him two of my points and he was on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> was Jeff Anderson still playing in that team? Yep, he was playing. Yeah, wow. <laughs> what about I'll give you a, I'll give you a multiple choice question, Doctor, about a couple of dunks that I can remember. Nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to go way back here and try and remember this, mate. Nineteen ninety two. You dunked over Phil Muir, Rob Rob Robbins, and uh, Big Brenda McDonald all at the same time. You remember that one? No? Uh, yeah. 94, you'd posterise Al Erickson as he was uh, running backwards. He sort of stopped in between the, the free throw line so you, and the charge you line. You wanted to take a charge. Yeah, <laughs> seen you flying straight over the top. And then there was one that I really liked was at the game where we played that one-off game at uh, the June Lup Arena where you sort of took Vince Kelly baseline and Gene Dunbar come over to help, but he was a little bit too too late. You remember that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any other ones that? What was your favorite? Was there any of those three, or did you have a? Um, not uh, uh, probably the. I guess the one that I liked more was the one when I was in my um, later career. Yep. You know, down uh, when one of the guys from Sterling. You know, was saying, "Oh, yeah, this old guy not going to do anything," and try to come <laughs> down and 
and block the dunk and, uh, and send him to the wall and got a three-point playoff. And, <laughs> and then his teammates and stuff was giving him crap for the rest of the game. <laughs> What's the feeling like when you're a player with that sort of athleticism? What's it like knowing that you're out on the basketball court and at any moment you can just jump over someone's head and, and dunk on them? What's that What's that feeling like? Because I don't think either, either Randy or myself will ever, ever know what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, it's always, I don't know, I always, I always enjoyed it. <laughs> and I used to always tell people I was, I was um, afraid of heights, so that's why I had to always grab the rim. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, still, you're still playing now. As of as of last year, you were still the the playing coach locally with the with the Olympians, and obviously, thanks to everything going on with COVID nineteen, you haven't been able to keep playing yet in in 2020. But what what keeps you playing? What 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 do you love about basketball that just keeps you coming back for more? Yes, I don't know. I think I still enjoy teaching the game. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I said, a lot of the guys they don't they don't do the little things. Like I said, they still play off just the um, talent and the skill that they have, but they don't outthink their opponent. And you know, I always try to put it back down to like if they play because most of them football, a lot of them football players too. Yep. They grew up with football, mm. so I always say, okay, if somebody kick three, you know, goes on you from the right hand side, what you gonna do? Make him go to the left hand side. Same yep. thing in basketball. <laughs> but these guys, they just say, oh yeah, the odds will catch up with them, and there you go, seven to eight times getting beat the same way. Yeah, so just like yeah. I say, just teaching guys how to do the, you know, all the fields as far as learning the game and learning the what I call half in the court, where you don't chase a guy all the way, all the way through all the picks and stuff like that, where you know he's going, you know, end up on the forty-five. So mm. why just take a couple steps in the middle then go across? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly, yeah, just, exactly right. Preserve your energy. Yeah, exactly. Um, Kalgoorlie is a great place to visit, and I was up there last year, and I took a tour of the of the super pit. Are you still working there? Yeah, I'm still working there. Yeah, what's that like? Is that is that an enjoyable place to work? Is that is it the type of work that you, you don't mind doing? Yeah, yeah, I've been good. Cause I've been in the warehouse all these for all these years and stuff, so it's always been good for me. And you know, even like at the moment with the COVID nineteen stuff that's going on, only thing they've done is on change up hours. Like at the moment, I work this week from four o'clock in the morning to one o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then the second shift come in from one o'clock in the afternoon to ten o'clock at night, just to keep us apart. Yeah, but other than that, the hours has always been good. It's always been Monday through Friday, with except for on the, you know when you have a, when you're on call, we work a Saturday for four hours. So that that's always been good basketball. <laughs> you just about be due for long service leave, doctor. Yeah, yeah, I got a bit of that at, up my sleeve at the moment, but like I say, you're gonna stay up this sleeve because I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just on that, um, how's your family doing over in in the states? Yeah, they they are um, still doing pretty good. Yeah, the COVID nineteen obviously affecting it yeah. uh, quite strongly. Yeah, I still got two of my yeah two of my sisters still driving buses, but you know they're mm. out there with face masks on and things like that. And yeah, but and then the other ones and stuff. Most of them are still working from home, which is good. And when's uh, when was the last time you went home, Doc? Uh, 2013. Yeah, and have they been out since 2013, or has it been that sort of length of time since you've seen your family? Yeah, well, I actually had my elder sister and my um, and my niece. They came over um, almost yeah, almost two years ago now. That was good, but you know, I didn't get a chance to bring them to Kalgoorlie. They, um, I met them in Perth, so we hung up and uh, hung up in Perth for about ten days. What about the name Doc? Where, where did that come from? <laughs> uh, that's a yeah, that was a long story. Because <laughs> you know, remember, I grew up in the area era when it was you know the Michael Jordan at that time was Doctor J. Yep, yep. 
So, so a lot of people thought it came from that, but it didn't. <laughs> right. That's what it is. I, I grew up in Richmond, California, which mm-hmm. is you have a um, yeah, it was it's a rough neighborhood. We yeah. had a lot of um, street games and stuff like that, and I would never get involved in, in with one of the um, street games. So what um what happened is that I was um surrounded by about twenty guys and had to fight one of them. Wow. <laughs> And he was a, you know, he's a light-skinned black guy. And after a finish, he had to go to the to the hospital. And from then, the um, leader of the gang started calling me Doc. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Good. What about um, today's game, Doc? I know you go and watch the the, the boys play. And um, how do you think? What do you think of the league these days? And how do you think you'd go playing it at, um, at this time? Yeah, I think it was. I don't know. I think my me personally, I think it was more competitive and stuff when we was playing than what it is now. Because I said with these young guys now, they don't think the game, so you can you can cancel out a lot of these these players that's coming down at the at the moment mm. and take over and you know basically take over the game because they don't think they just go out there and just <laughs> you know run around. Yeah. And so it's, I think it's a lot easier at the moment to shut a lot of teams down because once you take away. The strong points they don't use they you know they never practice on their weak point and I think that's one of the things that other a lot of teams do is um they practice on their weak points and play as a team it's a lot of you know individuals out there at the moment. James Fitch a few weeks back when I spoke to him on the on our men's show said that he thinks he would score a hundred points in a game today. Would <laughs> would you would you go that far? Uh, yeah, he probably would get a couple games where he would. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you reckon you would? Because yeah, actually, I go out there, I look at some of those, and I think I could get 30 steals. Like I say, a lot of us, you know, a lot of the guys these days, it's, it's so obvious, and, you know, they telegraph all their passes and things like that. So, like I say, I'll have, I'll have a field day out there. <laughs> <laughs> What about um? Let's tell you, some of you remember this story, Doc. Remember when Donald Whiteside side came to town? Yeah, and you, you were you were practicing with us as well. And um, I remember Donald said to me, Randy, let's go and have a game of one on one after training. And, and it was just ridiculous. I couldn't keep him in front of me. And I went over to you and said, Doc, I need a hand here, mate. Let's just go one on two. And he he still carved us up. <laughs> Yeah, Dallow was a yeah, he was a true point guard, that's for sure. Yeah, he's Quick. an incredible player. He's another guy who went on to play in the NBA, didn't yeah, he? That's yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. He went over to um, New Zealand first with um with Tazzy rather than play with Kyle Beaton. Yep. Yep. It's amazing the talent that we've had in this league, isn't it? You, you mentioned those couple of guys and, you know, mm-hmm. Luke Longley, Andrew Vlahov and all these type of players. The fact that we might be just a state league, but we've had some incredible players come through come through the SBL and you and you've played played, you know, with or against most of them. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's been good. It's, like I say, it has been some talent over the years and stuff. Like guys went away and got a chance to, um, you know, do those things. And like I say, Andrews being able to go across and, you know, go and play for Olympics and play for like that. And actually, there's yeah. been a few um, Western Australians that played in the SBL that been able to um, play, you know, for the Olympics and things like that, which has been good. Yeah, Martin Catalani was another. Yeah, yeah, and Cat. Yeah, is Kalgoorlie always going to be home? Do you feel like that's now where, where you're settled? Are you and your family pretty happy to, to, to stay there? There's no plans to move anytime soon? Uh, what's that? Here in Cal? Yeah. Uh, no, I think we'd, be, we'd probably be headed that way um, in the next couple of years. Are you going to follow <laughs> the kids Mike, down, both kids yeah, at uni? Yeah, the youngest one is um, year 12 at the moment, so yep. they'll be looking to go to uni like their brother. Yep. 
Now, that'd be good, Doc, to catch up with you. You'd probably uh, be looking for for a game, a social game somewhere or a competitive game somewhere. You'd probably keep going. Mm-hmm. That is, do you mind me asking how old you are, Doc? <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm, I'm closer to 60 than I am to 50. That's amazing, <laughs> and you're still still playing for Olympians. That's an incredible effort, Doc. Yeah. yeah. Now, before I let you go, Randy's made his intentions that he would like to be the coach of the Giants again one day. Would you be happy to be oh, yeah. his assistant if he asks? <laughs> yeah. so when is this, next year? <laughs> well, well we, we, we've got Creaky to worry about first. Yeah, I'll see. <laughs> Would you consider it? Well, I consider it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it's a it's a way. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't say no. Very good. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been great speaking to you, Doc. And um, yeah, we'll we'll speak soon. And uh, obviously, if you do end up making your way down here, it'll be it'll be great to catch up for with yourself and Kerry and the kids. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been fantastic to have you on the on SBL shoot around, Doc. And next time I'm, I'm I'm up in Kalgoorlie, I'll make sure I touch base and catch up with you as well. But for now, I'm sure everyone has enjoyed this chat, and hopefully you enjoyed having this trip down memory lane and catching up with Randy again too. Yeah, definitely. It's always been a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks. very much, Doc. Thanks, Doc. All right, see you guys. Okay, back here on SBL Shoot Around, and we've just had a chat to, to Doc Earl up in Kalgoorlie, and that was a lot of fun, but really looking forward to, to this chat chat now with a man who, for a long time now, has earned earned the respect of the WA basketball community for the work that he's done coaching at a lot of levels, and I know myself, I was really happy that he's now got a head coaching job, and a lot of people were, so looking forward to having him on our show. Craig Allen, how do I find you this afternoon? Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, good, thank you. It's, um, I appreciate it. Thanks for the kind words. No, no worries. Um, been a strange year for 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 all of us, obviously. And and at the Redbacks, you'd done your preseason work, you'd gone through the blitz, and I'm sure you would have been pretty excited for round one because you'd put together a pretty exciting team, adding adding Matty Allen and you know hoping to have Lauren Mansfield come back and having a pretty exciting group. Then to have the season ripped away from you, and then the great unknown of what was going to happen, and and then the West Coast Classic was announced, and I guess having to pull the squad together again, and now doing the preparation again from a basketball sense. What's the last four months been like been like for you uh, it's been the longest pre-season in the history of the world I think <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's actually it was I mean exactly as you say we were primed ready to go we were really happy with the group that we'd, we'd um, put together good mix of um, you know quality um, experience as well as young kids coming through so we were, yeah we are really excited to go and then as you say it all fell apart literally you know, on on the last hour sort of thing before the yeah. before the season was due to start, but um, but yeah, we've got um, pretty much the same group coming together, so that's good. I mean, obviously, Lauren's still in South Australia, so that's not going to happen. But um, yeah. but um, but all the young kids are really enthusiastic group, so it's a um, it's a good little group to work with. I spoke to CJ on the Men Show a few weeks back, and. It's yeah. funny how it works out. He's almost got a better squad to work with for the West Coast Classic than he would have for the SBL, just the way it works out with Marshall Nelson and a couple of other players coming back. But aside from Lauren yeah. Mansfield, are you pretty confident you'll have everybody available, at least for, for most of, of the West Coast Classic? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, everyone sort of agreed to um, to come on board and play, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it is a young group, as I say, but with, you know, Matty adds a lot of experience and quality to the group. And obviously Jay and Del add that, that experience to us to, um, yeah. to our line-up as well. So we've got a good mix of experience and, and, and so real quality people, which is probably the most important thing for me. Um, but yeah, but a real good mix of young kids coming through. So we will have, you know, like probably seven teenagers in our group, something like that. Yeah, so yeah. it's, a, it's yeah. a good mix. Yeah. 
not often yeah. you can sign last year's grand final MVP and a player who is now playing really big and important minutes in the WNBL. How excited were you to be able to, to bring Maddie across? And, and if you have a look at everything she's doing for the club, it's not just what she's going to give you on the basketball court. She She's the sort of person that throws herself into being involved in every part of part of a club that she's part of, and that's what she's doing already at the Redbacks. Absolutely, and that's the most exciting part about it. I mean, obviously, we know what we know what we get on court, and and how you know the quality that she provides from the basketball sense. But it's the quality as a person that actually is a um, is a real bonus for the club. And she has exactly that thrown herself in. She's you know, it's a great little you know, environment for our club to have you know people like Maddie that the girls can be looking up to and um and 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 see see what we can achieve. It's it's a really great um a great environment. And and as I say, Maddie's a you know, quality in that regard. Had to give lots of time. To, to that, um, that pathway, so that's great. Awesome. Really excited to see Raya Thompson back on the court as well. That injury that she copped, it must have been two years ago now, was, was as bad as you can, you can get really, and it, it threatened her career, but um, how's she shaping up and what, what can we expect to see from her? her this yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, less this year because she's actually had a little setback. Unfortunately, okay. she had a little okay. tweak of the knee in the preseason. So, unfortunately, she's my I, again. I'm really excited that we've had another mm. quality person that we've managed to get across the group, and really looking forward to seeing her getting back on court and playing. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be a real conservative, um, you know, take it as we go type of approach with Raya. So, I doubt we'll see too much of her in the um, in the West Coast Classic and and building more towards next season, where hopefully she'll be you know cherry ripe to have her impact. Yeah, I think that's the right approach. Given how bad that injury was, um, you know, just you just have to make sure she's one hundred percent before you throw her out there again, don't you? Absolutely, it has to be a conservative approach with with, with that type of injury. Not any yeah. sort of significant injury, really. You want to yeah. be quite up with it, but yeah, and and again, looking after the person first, which is important. Now you mentioned seven teenagers, and even the ones that aren't teenagers are mostly early twenties as well. Is there anyone that, yeah. or a group of girls that you're especially excited to now see what what they can do with these opportunities? That, that I think is what makes the West Coast Classic pretty exciting. Yeah, well, um, having Bryba across from Queensland, she's going to be involved in our group. Yep. Coached against her at our under twenty nationals a few years ago, and it was um, so mm. it was nice to see her make the move across. So that's a really um, you know young twenties. So nice, nice transition. Sort of interesting to see what um, impact she can can have at this level. Um, she you know, had a, already a quality um, career in Queensland, so it'll be nice yeah. to see that transition across. But yeah, but it will be really nice to see and create opportunities for these uh, for the young ones coming through. There's, there's yeah, quite a few young ones. But all being you know most of the basketball people will know who they are. Uh, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. seen them around the junior ranks. Um, so it'll it'll be good to see them come through. How much of a relief is it that we'll actually get some basketball action? There was a there was a real chance that, that it wouldn't happen at all, and if we were, we're in some other states, then there's still a chance that it wouldn't happen at all. But how relieved are you that we're going to still get some basketball action this year? Oh, I think it's just great for the for the um, players themselves. I mean, yep. they just want to play, yep. and and that's a, a, a real a real hole in their in their um, you know day to day life is without playing basketball. So it's just been fun to see them get back on the court and and, and start enjoying that. You know, what's, what is a really important aspect to their life. So yeah. it, um, that part of it's good. But yeah, and I mean, obviously we're going through a pretty serious pandemic in a lot of parts yeah. of the world. We're pretty lucky where yeah. we're at. So, so we shouldn't make light of that. But, but mm-hmm. the very fact that we can, um, that we can and we put ourselves in a position that we can actually play is, is awesome and um, exciting. Exciting for the girls to get back out and run around. I wanted to have a chat to, to you about your journey as well. As I touched on in the intro, you, you've done it as an extensive apprenticeship as, as just about anybody to become a head coach. But 
I get the feeling you were always probably of the thought that you're happy doing what you're doing, and if uh, if you're able to get a head coaching role one day, then that would be a bonus. Is, is that how you, you did look at it? You're already enjoying what you were doing, but if the head coaching job came up, that would be a bonus, but you perhaps didn't want to be, be identified just, just because of that? Uh, I, I exactly. Yeah, I mean, I I've enjoyed every bit of my involvement with basketball, both from a you know physio support sort of role, which was the original sort of SBL component, um, and then um, and then to the coaching scenario. Yeah, I look at yeah, it is a long apprentice, but it's a, but it's fun. Which you, know, you, yeah. you do it because you enjoy what you do, and um, and it's been a really exciting transition into the head coaching role. So mm. um, and yeah, it's, yeah, the opportunity presents itself. So it's awesome, and it's awesome to be involved with. Uh, group got so much support around it as what Redbacks have yeah. uh, given. It's good. I, I think I asked you about this a couple of times last year as well when we caught up, but the image of being a head coach and then the reality of being a head coach at the level of SBL is how 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 is that married up? Is it has it been what you would expected? Has it been more full on? Has the player management side of it been more full on? What what's the reality been like to what you might have might have expected? Yeah, it's every bit and more um, yep. than, than what I was expecting. So definitely, the um, it, it is amazing how much um, how much time and you know discussion and, and component goes out uh, outside of just the training component. It's not mm. just the preparation to get on the court, preparation to play, but all the um, as you say, the player management side of it, and and, and um, just just general discussions with the club and the direction that we want to be going, and not just as a program, but as a as a club. Um, so there's yeah, yeah. A, big, a big wide scope of, of practice beyond just the actual. You know, running up and down the sideline of the car, mm. of the court. So yeah, it's um. So yeah, definitely, definitely much more time than probably what you could imagine to be. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but again, still... you just embrace that as part of the rule. Yeah, for sure. Is it still strange pulling on the Redbacks colours and not the Williton colours? <laughs> I had a long time in the blue, didn't I? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, no, it's been great. I, I enjoy the Redbacks very much and, I'm, um, and hopefully we can create a, um, a really long-term successful environment. Very much enjoying it. And it's it's about more than just being the head coach of the the women's you know senior team as well. You're you're heavily involved in the programs right from the grass grassroots up at, at the club. I think I think the, the title is director of coaching. Direct me if I if I'm if I'm wrong. But you've uh, been you're willing to throw yourself at all levels of the club as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's part of the role. Yeah, I mean the director of coaching role. We've sort of juggled around a little bit. And CJ and myself are going to be um, having more of an involvement in, in CJ with the men's program and myself with the girls program. And yep. um, and yeah, it'll be sort of mentoring coaches coming through and 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 supporting the players coming through as well. So I think that that um, that's an extension of the SBL role, but but also a, um, a, a valuable one for the club. You know, the bigger picture of where the club needs to be going into the future. Now you touched on being a physio, and I, I think I think your practice is now called Allen Physiotherapy there in in Murdoch. Um, <laughs> how is that always tied into basketball? Has has the have the two roles always mixed pretty well together? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's a bit of an um, interesting juggle between which hat you put on as the you yeah. know, physio versus the coaching hat. Sure, but. Um, but yeah, but it has. It's all, I mean, I, I, sports been my um, my bias, my specialty as far as the physio um, goes. Having worked in you know primarily basketball and footy, and two more two sports, so I've spent a lot of time involved in. Mm. And uh, and so yeah, so marrying up the um, board um, in, and physio has worked really quite nicely for me. And um, and yeah, it's created opportunities really. Um, they're the they're the main sports that I've loved as a kid growing up, and they're the sports yeah. that I've sort of continued to be involved with as a, as an adult, which is which is awesome. Does it help when you're a coach to understand, like you would understand as well as anybody, what they're dealing with physically? And if someone comes off and they're feeling sore in some area, then 
you've got a natural great understanding of it more than some other coaches who don't have that physio background. Does it help in, in a, fair, a fair few ways when you're coaching that you understand what they're going through very physically? Yeah, it does. It gives you an insight into the into the you know, workload management and stuff like that as well as yeah. uh, as the demands of the sport. And um, so, definitely, absolutely, it gives you a fairly good idea as to um, as to as to how you manage. And, and and it does. It gives you insight as to you know, players returning from injury, as we talked about before, and and, and programs and adapting uh, workloads accordingly. But um, but yeah, it does very much so. But um, whether it makes a difference in a game day scenario, maybe not mm-hmm. quite as much. But certainly, as an overall program and an overall um, approach to the uh, approach to the game, it, it gives you some definite insights in that. And, um, and certainly, yeah, you know, it, it's valuable for me. That's no question. Tracing back to, I think it was 1989, I'm not sure how long you spent there, but I guess your work life took you to Geraldton and you also spent some time playing with the Geraldton Buccaneers. What are your memories of, of that time? Oh, it was an awesome time. That was my um my first my first job out of uni was um was yeah. to to work at the Geraldton Regional Hospital and um happened to time with, with the very first SBL season when the country yeah. teams were involved in our in our competition and it was just a, an awesome opportunity, awesome time to be involved in a in a, in a competition and obviously playing with some some quality players that are some legends of the of the of the state basketball league. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just great times, great times. A long time ago to remember though. <laughs> <laughs> now I guess in the almost thirty years since you've been been coaching, you know, at wobble level, you've been you've been yeah. been the state coach at, at different different age groups and different different levels. Yeah. You've obviously been a long time yeah. assistant coach at, at SBL level as well with, with Williton. Yeah. What what things stand out? What are you most proud of being part of when you do reflect on your basketball journey? Um, well, look, I think I think when anything, it comes down to the people, doesn't it? I mean, sure, the, the just involvement with people—that's the—that's the most important thing in any aspect of um, of life, really. But um, but certainly, as part of, as far as mind off and the sport goes, it, it always comes down to the people and, and the and the associations and the um, relationships you build over the years. So that's that's the most important thing. But it's been really interesting to see the changes of, of basketball over the years, very much so. And Mm. And it's and it's exciting times now too with with you know where we're going and, and what yeah. opportunities we can create in the next little while as well. Yeah, I think especially from a participation level, if we have a look at, at you know I guess from ages ten to eighteen right now, basketball has grown enormously. You know, if you have a look at SBL level, I guess you can argue if it's grown over the thirty years or not in in some ways. But the underage level now of basketball, it's just it's gone through the roof and it's right across the country. It's almost the most popular sport and. And that's something that you must have noticed over over your journey. Oh, very much so. Very much so. It's a, um, it's really at the high, highest probably point of um, popularity, isn't it? Yeah, at the moment yeah. As far as participation goes, and as far as interest beyond goes, and obviously the involvement with Australian players at the highest level of the sport, you know, profile of the Olympic Games, etc. It, it, it's it's improved significantly in that in that regard. But just the most important thing is the popular the populace of sport and the uh, populace of basketball and the number of kids that are playing, which is um, which is awesome for for you know the future of the sport. Now I talked talked before about how you've always handled being able to juggle your work and your basketball life. What's it also been like trying to juggle having a family at home with your your wife and five daughters? I'm sure the juggling act has been pretty pretty challenging at times. Yeah, so the five kids, the two daughters and three three sons. So it's yep. all been a, it has been a juggle. It's a busy life, but then it's a fun life too. And yeah. having all the kids been involved in sport as well, and all the kids, you just that's part of you know managing your time and managing and your importance of what um you know what different aspects make to you. But yeah, no, it, it, 
there's never enough hours in the day, but um, <laughs> no. so you just you know, make make use of as many um, many of them as you can. But but again, yeah, that's been the beauty of you know, coaching an environment where my kids have enjoyed and they're also yeah. involved at, um, at, at at basketball at some level. There. And so, it, it, having that link with the kids has been a really valuable thing as far as a parent and a family goes. But yeah, it's just a juggle. It's always a juggle, and it's always mm-hmm. trying to find time to fit everything in, which um, which you do, you do because it's important. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden, we're now, we're only a week away from actual basketball action beginning, so it's been a hell of a long wait, but all of a sudden it feels very real, so I'm sure you're excited about getting things underway next week, but for now, I know you've got your next patient waiting, so I'll have to let you go, but but it's been, been a great, been really enjoyable to catch up with you here on SBS Shoot Around Craig, and I'm sure we'll do it again soon, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you, appreciate the time, thank you. Okay, Randy, back here on SBR Shoot Around, and it's been a big show. That chat we had earlier with Doc Earl was was fantastic. Really, really informative chat there with Craig Allen as well. So thanks so much to both of those men for joining us here on SBR Shoot Around. Now we spoke to Craig about it a little bit there, but we're two weeks now only away from the West Coast Classic. I'm sure the teams are starting to formalise who they'll have out on the court for that those round one round one matchups that we went through went through last week. We could have some surprise sort of names as well. Is there anyone that you're hearing that we might not have been expecting play, I guess, in this SBL season that might we might see now in the West Coast Classic? I think there's a couple of older ladies that <clears throat> might make a little bit of a surprise um, and come into a to certain squad. I'm hearing Tasha Fletcher might be playing okay. for Mandra, yep. which um, you know would be very good for the Mandra side. So, well, as we spoke about with Rachel Helena a couple of weeks ago, they probably need some need some bodies because they, unlike their SBL team that they would have had this year, they won't probably have Emma Clestorni, they won't have Carly Bogan, they won't have either of their imports either. No, it should be very handy. She's a, yeah. a veteran player, so that's what they need. Yeah. Yeah, very good. So we'll wait and see what other surprise names we might see pop up. Unfortunately, what we won't be seeing is the Goldfields Giants women's team. We spoke about it last week. It, it was becoming a real possibility, but it now looks like it's been voted down, which is unfortunate because I think it would have been would have been good for the league as a whole, but also good for basketball in Kalgoorlie to their women's to women's team be able to make that jump from their D League team to the ne- the next step up. Yeah, I heard that. I heard a few of the Perth teams had uh, decided they didn't want to travel. So mm-hmm. whether that come from the top meaning the hierarchy of each club didn't want to do it i think if the hierarchy went and spoke to the girls i think the girls would have put their hand up and said this is a great opportunity to for a bit of team bonding and get up and uh, also support you know one of our rural communities yeah because it would have been only one trip a year i think it was a was a it's a great missed opportunity for the the players to have a weekend away been together where they're completely doing nothing but spending that weekend together, I don't see them getting that opportunity in any other way. It's a great chance for some team bonding, which is now potentially missed. Yeah, it's underrated, team bonding, you know, yeah. and that's what uh, was really good about my time up in Cowell and obviously the Slammers and the, the Bucks, they do it every week as well. And, you know, I think uh, uh, their teams would be really, really close. Hmm. Yeah, disappointing, but let's hope that at least now it's it's up for discussion and maybe as we move into NBL 1, whether it's next year or a little bit further down the track, hopefully the Giants and maybe the Bucks as well can have their, their a women's team in the competition because I think I think it would give everyone a great boost. And even if they're not overly competitive to start with, eventually they'll become that way and if they can match what their men's teams do, then they can they can be a power powerhouse before 
before too long. So let's hope that we do see some movement in that area. Now, Randy, as we've talked about, it's been a big show. Um, two terrific guests, plenty of news to talk about. I'm sure we'll come back next week with some 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 special guests as well, which you'll all enjoy hearing here on SBR Street Around. We're, of course, here thanks to Bassa Scarf Realty. And by the time we're we're back here next week. We're, we're one week away from the West Coast Classic starting, so it's starting to get to get very real. But thanks again for, for joining us here on SBR Street Around. I trust that you enjoyed what, what you've heard. I'm Chris Pike, and I'll sign off for another week and leave you with the wise words of Randy Meagle. <laughs> okay. So I was just going to mention how lucky we are to, to be living in, in Western Australia at the moment, you know, with uh, what's going on in the eastern states. And uh, we should make the, the most of it. Obviously, everyone keep doing the right thing and stay safe and we can enjoy playing sport and watching sport. So we'll see you next week.